0: Virginia comes for world-class news and analysis since 2001. Seville 107.5 and 1260 WCHV. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. When I wake up, oh. yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. Good morning. When
1: I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. But now,
0: Already in the ring, waiting to take on all comers, uh, including Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger for Virginia's 7th District, not this year, but uh, it's it's a big race, Virginia's 7th. Tina Ramirez running for the GOP nomination to take on Congresswoman Spanberger, and she's on the Newsmakers' line with us. Good morning, Tina. How are you doing? Welcome back. Thanks,
1: Joe. It's great to be with you.
0: I, I gotta tell you you know you're after the first round you know a lot of folks don't come back for another round but uh, as you told us last time you were on you learned a lot you're you're ready to get in and and speak the voices of the seventh district is there a concern to you what have you heard? Um, from the suburban parents, we, we continue, and it's only been a couple of weeks since you were on the last time, uh, it seems to have gotten even more acute, the, 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 the angry rhetoric from these school boards who are, you know, it seems to me, all I can tell is upset about being questioned about the curriculums that, uh, that are being passed down from the Federal Department of Education through the State Board of Education and on into these school boards.
1: Yeah, and for all of your listeners that are watching this, I mean, it's clear that across the country, across our state, across our district, we are seeing the teachers unions and these just, you know, progressive liberals pushing policies that are trying to indoctrinate our kids, and parents aren't having it. I mean, we do not want our kids growing up to learn to prejudge others or or to be racist or to judge people by the color of their skin, and so parents are standing up and they're saying, enough is enough. You've got to stop this. I mean... Our schools, as parents, should be the first place that we look to to be you know, nurturing our children and teaching them how to think, not what to think. And when we, we see what's happening in the schools today, it's extremely troubling. And that's why parents are rising up across the state and the country to say enough. I saw it just a few months ago when we helped a, a group get launched here in central Virginia to, to address this, we had over 200 parents show up overnight just just to protest, and we're seeing it every time there's a school board meeting. So you're absolutely right. And my opponent, Abigail Spamberger, she's the one that's taken more money than anyone else in Congress from the teachers' unions, more than even Nancy Pelosi, and that's very troubling.
0: Well, you know, we have a lot of groups, you know, out there trying to help parents, uh, you know with with background with details with you know, c- you know coordination and all uh and you know I hope that they don't start working at counter purposes uh because that was where a lot of the inertia of the grassroots tea party kind of kind of got uh, sapped off as groups started to sort of work at counter purposes to each other. We really need to be right behind this because we have a press release here from our local school division in Albemarle County that actually uses the word experiment uh, in it regarding their race education. And I'm like, my gosh, they're admitting, and maybe that's the arrogance of it, they they feel unchallenged for their position, that they can tell parents, we're experimenting on your kids. Now, I want to ask this, Tina, because it's not necessarily a federal issue, but it could be. The, the governor and the lieutenant governor candidates this year, Glenn Youngkin and, and Winsome Sears, have both spoken eloquently and passionately about money follows the child kind of school choice, which is what you see in a lot of uh, places in the Southwest, especially. Is that something, is it is it a federal function? Is it something they need the help of Congress to get done uh, as well through the Department of Education, or do we just need to roll back the, the power of the Depart- federal Department of Education?
1: Well, look, you and I both know, Joe, that education is a state's right issue. (laughs) So it really has no place in the federal government. But what we've seen from the federal government, particularly under the Biden administration, is that they are rolling out a billion dollars every year to promote their version of civics education. This is civics education that, if you look on their website, you'll see promotes the ideas of critical race theory. So essentially, they're trying to create children who are activists for their socialist progressive propaganda. Now, that should be troubling to every parent across this country. And so that does need to stop. They have no place and no right and no role in doing that in the states across this nation. And that's why school boards and and are getting are getting challenged because parents are sick and tired of it. I, I just see all across our district, I, just last week, we actually, there was a, a local school board member that resigned because they realized this is not a winning battle for them. Parents do not want their children indoctrinated in the public schools. And the federal government has no right to be at the forefront of that effort. But at the very local level, I've been very involved in helping parents get involved in many different groups to Mm -hmm. get to the school board meetings and to speak up for their rights. And, I mean, we've seen this for the past year. A year ago, I wrote an article in the Washington Post about, yes, the the money does need to follow the child, kind of like a kid wears a backpack to school. I mean, that was an article I wrote a year ago. But at the same time, we we cannot ignore what's happening in our public schools. Mm -hmm. We... I moved I moved to a neighborhood with my daughter that has one of the best schools in this district. I expect to be able to put her in there and not have to, you know, have her come home and tell me, Mommy, I was taught that you're a racist or you're an oppressor, when I literally fight for human rights and human dignity for people of all backgrounds and beliefs around the world. That's not something that we should have to worry about as as parents. And I think that's really the critical issue. So we've got to return education to the parents and ensure their rights are protected so that they can oversee the you know, the, the values of their children like my own mm-hmm. that I care deeply about.
0: Tina Ramirez is running for Virginia's 7th District. I'm coming up on a break here, Tina. I don't know what your schedule is like. Tina Ram- Oh, I'd love to
1: stay with you. <laughs>
0: oh, great. TinaRamirez.com is her website. Sign up. I know it's 2022 and we're still trying to get across the finish line. I just broke down some of this Trafalgar group poll. Uh maybe we can poke, you know, and what what you know maybe you learned from that in the 7th district, whatever it may look like come 2022, uh, Tina. But we'll be right back with Tina Ramirez for Virginia's 7th District, first to the uh, GOP nomination there. i get back to her in a moment uh, and also talk a little bit about international human rights, human rights uh, as she's fought for them, uh, and we see them on the streets of Havana being yelled for. We're sick. Being tuned in means Joe Thomas now. Brian Kilmeade at 9. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. we gambling in Havana Joe Thomas in the morning. so uh, Tina Ramirez on with us. tinaramirez.com, running for the GOP nomination to run for the seventh congressional district in twenty twenty two. Tina, one of the things I've always liked about your story is that you've been internationally working for human rights in some of the places they've been disparaged so horrifically, uh, and and I think that you know is a, is part of the world that we need to be embracing that we need to be working to make sure that people's rights are protected. What do you and as it gets louder and louder, the hue and cry from Havana, the tone deafness out of Washington continues to grow. As if the biggest place where human rights are being violated is is Texas.
1: Well, I mean, yes, they want to defund our police, but they don't seem to want to defund the ones in Cuba that are literally locking people up and putting them to death in torture chambers. I mean. This is absolutely appalling that we don't have the kind of moral courage in our leadership that we need to call a spade a spade. I mean, communism, <laughs> you know, uh, the Socialist Party of America tried to explain to me why Cuba is not a communist regime by their definition. Now, I just, I think they're insane. I think anyone knows what's happening in Cuba needs to be condemned and should be condemned clearly. I i just, I've seen this firsthand. When I announced my campaign, I shared a story of this woman that I met in Iraq when ISIS came in and literally overnight erased the entire Christian population of northern Iraq. And this woman that I sat with had a gun put to her head and was forced to give up her little little four-year-old girl. I remember sitting with her, crying with her, and just thinking, how in the world could people do this? And could a person be put in a position where she's not even protected? And so I I have. I've, I've worked to help these people find freedom around the world. And so to see what's happening in Cuba and to have the Biden administration... And Abigail Spanberger unwilling to condemn it is just appalling to me. But, but Joe, this is something that we've just seen time and time again with them. I mean, if they can't, if they can't stand up, um, and if they have to think, you know, because Mm -hmm. it, it took a while for many of them to even respond somewhat, let alone adequately. But if they can't, if they have to think about how to respond to what's happening in Cuba, they can't just call it you know, a major Mm -hmm. violation of human rights and say, you know, this needs to be stopped, the communist regime needs to be stopped, there's a problem. But part of the challenge is that how can they say that when they've literally been embracing these ideas openly? I mean, we've seen it in AOC and the way she campaigned openly embracing these socialist um, communist ideas. We've seen it in the Biden administration, as I mentioned, infusing this radical Marxist ideology throughout our, our civics education curriculum. And we've seen it through Abigail Spamberger promoting the teachers' unions that have openly embraced this indoctrination of our kids as well. So that's the problem. You can't have moral courage if you if you actually believe in these ideas. Well, let's
0: talk about you know because it seems like the the uh, the, the tyrant. Class wants to give people rights to things like housing and jobs and a living wage, while taking away their free speech and their free association and their private property rights. Is that the existential root of this all, uh, 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 Tina? That that in exchange for creature comforts, masquerading as rights, we're going to give up our actual God-given rights?
1: Well, that's often what happens when people. I mean, when when we see. Countries change radically in, around the world. I mean, you can I mean, you look at Venezuela, look mm-hmm. at Cuba, look at you know you can. I mean, this is like a textbook example of what's happening around the world and what's happening here. People they so often are willing to give or sacrifice their freedoms because. They for those immediate needs and the other the rest of the world and the government. You know, let's look at Iran or China. I mean, you name the country, it happens everywhere where the governments promise all of this great stuff, and then what they do is they take away your very freedom to protect yourself, mm. to speak, to speak your mind, to have your own conscience. I mean, that's what I fight for around the world because I see what happens when these authoritarian regimes come in and promise everything. But literally, you've lost yourself and you've lost your soul in the process of of believing in their lies.
0: The, uh, the the Trafalgar Group just published a poll, Tina, uh, and it oversampled the female population by a couple of percentage points. Uh, yet Glenn Youngkin is doing very well in that population, winning back a lot of people that were lost uh, in the last congressional race uh, and the presidential race, uh, to the idea that there's riots in the cities, you know, vote for me and I'll stop it kind of stuff. Uh, is that something that you can tap in in, in the 7th District? Are you feeling energized from for that inertia?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, since I in the first week I launched my campaign, we raised over $100,000. And it was from people across the district that are fed up. I mean, that's an immense amount to raise that. I hadn't raised that in my first two quarters the last time around. So just to give you an idea, it's pretty significant that there is an overwhelming amount of energy in the district against the indoctrination of our kids, shutting down our public schools, not giving us our, our choice. I mean, I literally moved to a district to have my school choice, and you know, they and they denied it to me last, last year. So. These are things that are really getting people in the suburbs and just across across the, the state frustrated and upset about. We want to stand up and we want to – I mean, we we want the government to get out of the way, and that's the problem right now. But it's not just in the schools. We also see it in the business, and I think mm-hmm. that's why Glenn Youngkin is so popular – is that th- these progressive liberals are shoving things down our throat, like the PRO Act, and other, and other things that would destroy Virginia's right-to-work status and mm-hmm. really hurt small businesses. And as someone who runs a small business myself, and who, I know, as you know, Joe, these are the backbone of our society, and it's the backbone of being able to recover and to come out of this COVID pandemic and rebuild our economy. And so the regulations and just the strangulation that the government bureaucracy is creating on business is, is ridiculous. People can't get employees to come to work. I mean, because of all the handouts they're being given, this has just got to stop. We need to get government out of the way. And I think that's why people are really fired up right now, uh, because they want their kids in school. They want to be able to go back to work. They want their community to be safe. And they want to get rid of these career politicians that just keep shoving all this stuff down our throats as though we as parents don't know best what's, what's best for our children or for our community. And that's really the bottom line.
0: Tina Ramirez, uh, and she sticks to the landing as well, uh, right at the 830 <laughs> News. Thank you so much again. We'll keep chatting as the you know season goes along. I know you're trying to help out the statewide races as well in, in terms of you know getting events together and stuff. So we appreciate that in the 7th District uh, as well. And you, you keep going. Uh, I love your story. Uh, I did two years ago, or I guess it was. And uh, keep going, and we'll talk to you again very soon.
1: Thank you, Joe. It's great being with you. Even if it's revenge travel.
0: It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. Don't be out of touch. Download the free Seville 1075 smartphone app from the Google Play or iTunes store.